Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Global Bipolar Disorder Conference. It's such an honor to have each and every one of you here today, and I'm truly grateful for each of our speakers and our sponsors. At this time, I welcome our Master of Ceremonies, Dr. Lakeisha James. She's the CEO and founder of Designer Events by Lakeisha. Welcome, Dr. James. Hi, Rosalind. Thank you so much for having me. And I'd like to say thank you to Rajaline Sabat on behalf of Life Service Center of America and Rajaline Sabat. We welcome you to the Global Bipolar Disorder Conference. The Global Bipolar Disorder Conference will give you insights on bipolar. This is a topic that is not discussed enough. Our speakers will bring awareness to bipolar disorder. If you know someone that is experiencing it, this event is for you. If you want to learn more about bipolar disorder, this event is for you. Now I'd like to introduce our host, Regeline Sabat. She's a motivational keynote speaker, five-time best-selling author, life coach, first-generation Haitian American, the host of Walk With Me podcast on JRQ TV, financial expert and CEO and founder of Life Service Center of America, endorsed by Les Brown. Welcome, Gigi, and thank you so much for this platform. Thank you, Dr. James. I appreciate you. Now, I'm going to introduce our keynote speaker, Joy Allen. She is a motivational, inspirational speaker, mental health advocate, self-care, and self-love advocate, entrepreneur, two-time international best-selling author, and certified life coach. Her educational background is in psychology and Christian counseling, and has also received several certifications and certificates from Liberty University, Light University, as well as the American Association of Christian Counselors. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome our keynote speaker, Joy Allen. Welcome. Thank you so much, uh, Gigi and Dr. James. It's a pleasure to be here. So I'm excited to be here to talk about something I'm very passionate about, mental health. This is something that we need to get more knowledge and awareness of. So in this being Mental Health Month, it's a perfect time for us to be able to learn more about mental health awareness, and particularly bipolar disorder. So one of the things that I wanted to talk about is the mental health stigma that comes along with that. So there's a lot of things that people are not aware of when it comes to certain types of mental illnesses. So one of the things that I think that we need to do that can help with that is educate ourselves so that we can be more aware of what to look for and what to expect with people who suffer from different types of mental illnesses. So one of the things with bipolar disorder, you know, there's bipolar one and there's bipolar two. So with a bipolar one, you know, <clears throat> there's different symptoms that are that people have with that, where you know there's highs and lows, and then there's manic, you know, types of things as well. And so with the bipolar two, it's more of a depressing state. And then you can have also where there's like a mixture of both. And so sometimes what I believe is, um, if you think that you may have bipolar, or if someone has an issue with bipolar, or if you're a family member like me personally, you know, I, I was married to someone that had bipolar disorder, and so I got to see firsthand some of the things that you know, my former husband struggled with and just, you know, it affects the whole family. It is something that affects the whole family. So, I mean, it's not something that's an easy thing to deal with. So that's why it's really important to get help, to seek help and, and professional help and, um, exactly as well, because it's something that, you know, takes a toll, not only on the person itself, but it takes a toll on your loved ones also. So one of the things that we did is, you know, to make sure that, you know, you get the therapy that you need, <clears throat> find a good therapist that is, is there that's, that's trained and, you know, what you're, the issue that you're having problems and you want to make sure that they know about, you know, the disorder, that they properly diagnose you. A lot of times people can get a misdiagnosis and that can just lead to a lot of other issues as well. Sometimes um, there's some mental illnesses that may, you know, seem like they're another uh, disease or something. And so that's why it's important to make sure you get a trained professional to diagnose you and give you a proper assessment. So with the bipolar disorder, uh, one thing I wanted to talk about as well is um, sometimes there are things where we feel like a person may, you know, be unstable, or, you know, we may think that, you know, there's a lot of things that are just really being misdiagnosed about it that are just missed and things like that. So first of all, it's a mental health disorder. And one of the things that we need to do is we need to make sure that we treat our mental health issues just like we do our physical health issues. And I think that's the problem is we don't put enough attention to our mental health disorders. And a lot of times it can just escalate and get worse. And that is one of the problems that's happened a lot 
And even with the situation with my former husband, it's like, you know, he went for a while and, and didn't get the treatment that he needs. And so if you, you know, continue to go on and not get treatment, things will just tend to get worse. And so a lot of times people will end up getting hospitalized and, you know, and a lot of things can happen even outside of that. So one of the things that I wanted to do, um, I think there are a few steps that we can take to try to end the stigma and to just make sure that we can do what we can to, you know, so that people can get the proper treatment and the proper help that they need. So it starts with education. We need to just make sure that we're educating ourselves, that we know what we can do as friends, as, as family members, as loved ones of people, you know, or even as, as people who may have the disease itself. We wanna make sure that we're educating ourselves as much as we can to know what to look for, to know what the signs and symptoms are and so that we can know how to treat those signs and symptoms. So that's, that's where it starts. Um, I've seen a lot of cases in, as well. And sometimes, you know, you may have seen if you watch the news or anything, which I definitely try not to. Um, but you see sometimes where, you know, a person who may, you know, be in a manic state and they may be um, going off or something or something may be happening and someone may not know what's going on and, and the police may get called. And so when they get there, you know, that person may be frantic or having a moment where, you know, things get out of hand. And so things will probably escalate to where that person can end up either getting hurt or, you know, arrested or something. So what we need to do is make sure that our law enforcement and our first responders and everyone who may come in contact with anyone who may be having an episode or whatever are properly educated so they can know how to handle these situations and things won't get out of hand and out of control. So I believe that is one of the first steps is just to um, educate ourselves. And then to also to be understanding. If you know someone who's going through any type of mental illness, just be understanding, um, be an ear that they can you know, listen to, they can talk to, make sure that you're not being judgmental. You know, this person is going through some things and you know, I myself, I've even, you know, suffered with depression and anxiety. So I know how it is to go through these things, to have these dark moments and to be able to, to feel like, you know, you're on edge and you just, you know, need a, a way out. So sometimes just having someone to talk to, someone that's going to listen to you, it means a world of difference. And another thing that we can do is we can make sure that we just speak life. Be careful what we say to the person. Our words have power. And death and life are in the power of the tongue. So we want to make sure that we speak life and we uplift them and encourage them and just be there to let them know, listen, you're not alone. This is something that I want to help you through. I mean, it's, it's okay to not be okay, but it's not okay to stay that way. And I want to repeat that. Just let them know it's okay to not be okay, but it's not okay to stay that way. If you need help, if you feel like you're going through anything, whether it be depression, anxiety, bipolar disorder, whatever your symptoms are, or whatever you feel like you may be going through, make sure you just reach out and get the proper help that you need because that's so important. The suicide rate is, is at an all time high these days. And we wanna make sure that we're trying to help people as much as we possibly can so that people can get the help that they need and they're not suffering in silence. There are so many people who are suffering in silence unnecessarily. So if we just do what we can, we can all do our part to make sure that everyone is getting the help that they need. And it starts right here with us. One person at a time can make a difference. We can all make a change and together we can do it. So if you are struggling, don't continue to struggle and suffer in silence. Get the help that you need because you are worth it. I'm Joy Allen, the Joy Coach, and I have written, written a couple of resources in Embracing Imperfections that talks about mental illness. And, and the struggle and everything that I went through and also some things and tips that you can do. So you can reach out to me at thejoyallen.com if you're interested in any further resources. Thanks for having me today. It's my pleasure being here. Thank you, Joy. Sure. Thank you, Joy. Thank you for so much for sharing your story. Our next speaker is Max Doxy. I hope I pronounced your last name correctly. 
McDoxy received his master in psychology from Grand Canyon University. He is passionate about mental health and he has had personal experiences living with bipolar, depression, and anxiety for most of his life. For the past, for the last seven years, he has been working with clients using a holistic approach to helping his clients and empowering them to improve their mental wellness. He loves teaching adjacent university courses and being an advocate and voice for those who struggle. Matt lives in the greater Phoenix, Arizona area with his wife, Jenny, and four children, Joseph, Rachel, Hannah, and Samuel. When he is not working, Matt enjoys spending time in outdoors, spending time with his family and photography. His mantra is, your illness does not have to define who you are. Learn from it. Grow from it. Allow it to give you to be the person you were born to be. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome our next speaker, Matt Doxey. Thank you so much. So great to be here. It's an honor. Um, I'm really excited to be here today. Uh, I am a bipolar survivor myself. I was diagnosed when I was eight years old, um, which is very uncommon for um, kids uh, to be diagnosed that young. Um, but uh, it was something that was that I was diagnosed with in the 90s, early 90s. And so, um, but I've tried to make the mantra, as I've mentioned, as was mentioned in the bio, as um, my illness does not define who I am. It's something that I, that I get to learn from, and I've learned to uh, not only live with, but to thrive with. And so that's one of the biggest things that I wanted to um, speak about today is that um, whatever illness you have, whether it's bipolar, anxiety, depression, what, whatever it is, um, it doesn't have to define who you are. You can thrive with it. Um, there are tools and resources out there um, that can help. Uh, there's great therapists and, and, um, doctors who you can reach out to, to get the support that you need. And so, um, I work with, with clients on a daily basis, uh, where I, I take a holistic approach to, um, the healing journey with, with bipolar or just with mental health in general. And one of the things that I've learned over time for me personally is that, meditation, mindfulness, making sure we're eating right, exercise, all of those different things are such a key part of, of our healing process. It's amazing what, um, what, we, what we take into our bodies and how that affects our, our, how it can affect our mind and our brains. So that's been a huge thing for me is just um, making sure that I, that's one thing I discovered probably about five years ago was the, uh, the importance of eating healthy. So my, my company is a healthy mindset warrior. And that's what I, uh, I work with clients to make them the warrior of their own minds, the warrior of their own life um, by developing healthy habits, things like journaling, gratitude journaling, making sure that we're getting sleep, all of that. Um, I've seen that uh, as a success in my own life. And so um, my journey made it a shift in about 2000 it's about 2014 I was working for a company and I was a, a corporate trainer for them and my boss I was struggling with some severe anxiety and depression at that time and my boss um, pulled me in and and really questioned if I was even going to be able to do the job and um, I just I mentioned that I had been dealing with some things and and that I'd be okay and I'd be working through it and uh, we had another meeting about a week later and she just told me, uh, I'm sorry, but uh, this isn't working out and you're never going to be successful uh, until you get your life figured out. And uh, that hit me really hard because I have been told my whole life that you're, you know, you're Ill because of your illness, you're never going to be successful. You're never going to be able to have a good job. You're never going to be able to do this or that. And I have made it my life's goal to prove everybody wrong that your illness doesn't have to define who you are, but it can make you, uh, you can thrive with it. So that's been a big thing for me in my journey is I took that as fuel to become successful and to try to work as hard as I could um, to prove her wrong and, and everybody else wrong. And I've done that. I was able to achieve a master's degree um, and school is something that was very difficult for me. My undergraduate uh, work was tough. But I, uh, I, I, I found that psychology was a passion of mine. And so I pursued that further with a master's degree. And, and I was able to 
get all A's except for one A minus in a class. So, um, and then I just recently, um, actually before um, my bio was submitted, I just was admitted and accepted into a, a clinical rehabilitation counseling program at Texas Tech University Health Sciences Center. So, um, and that was, that's a big milestone for me because my, my greatest joy and, and biggest hope and aspiration is to help others um, with disabilities, not only just mental, but physical as well, help them thrive uh, instead of define, uh, let that define who they are. So that's been a big, big part of my journey. I um, am really excited to become a licensed professional counselor. That's the path that, that I'll be on once I start school this fall. And um, excited to, to also get certified as a rehabilitation counselor. So those will go hand in hand just to, to be able to work with all different kinds of people. Not that I wouldn't anyway, but uh, just have more training and skills. I have found that there's a lot of great tools and resources out there, things from DBT to CBT to a lot of you know, different things. I'm, I'm an advocate for looking into holistic solutions, as well as talking to doctors if you need further, uh, you know, treatment, things like that. Because, um, you know, it's not a one-size-fits-all approach. We all have experienced symptoms differently. We're all different. And so a lot of times throughout my life, I've, I've had friends and family members who've been close to me who had a similar diagnosis. And they're like, oh, I, I do this. Uh, try this, this will work for you, or try this, this will work for you. And one of the things that I've just come to, to uh, realize in my life is that it isn't a one-size-fits-all approach. There are things that work for me that may not work for you, may not work for somebody else. And mm -hmm. so you really have to take an inventory of and notice of what, what is working for you. That's why I feel like journaling is such a powerful thing, because not only does it allow us to express gratitude and appreciation, for the things that we do have each day that are good, um, recognizing that we do have down moments. I still have down moments. I get depressed. I get anxious. Um, but I try not to let those last uh, super long. And I, I take note of it and, and see what I can learn from it. And so I think um, one of the takeaways I hope that you would get from this is, uh, you know, your illness doesn't have to define who you are. It can refine you and you can become the person that you want to be, whatever that looks like for you. Uh, it just takes work and de dedication and determination. And so uh, I'm super excited to be here. Thank you so much. And uh, look forward to um, supporting everybody here. Thank you, Matt. Very powerful. Ladies and gentlemen, if you're listening today, make sure to, you're taking notes and love the statement, Matt. Take inventory of what works for you. Ladies and gentlemen, write that down if you're listening to this message today. Thank you. Thanks, Matt, and congratulations. And also, I like that your illness does not define who you are or who you will become. I love that. Thank you so much for sharing your story. Our next speaker is Brianne Gates. Brianne is a functional diagnostic nutritionist, certified herbalist, and yoga teacher. For most of her life, Brianne suffered from chronic illness, autoimmune disease, and bipolar disorder with crippling depression. However, her determination to find recovery from these Dehabilitating illnesses led her on her journey to finally healing herself of bipolar disorder, Lyme disease, fibromyalgia, and irritable bowel disease. Rianne is now celebrating four years of being free from depression and bipolar symptoms. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome our next speaker, Rianne Gates. Hi there. Thank you so much uh, to Gigi. Thank you to God for allowing me to be here. Um, I'm really excited. So, um, I am a functional nutritionist, functional diagnostic nutritionist. I've spent the last 20 years of my life in the health and wellness field. Um, but for, and I'm 42 years old, and for about uh, 38 of those 42 years, I was either suffering physically, mentally, or both. Um, I, but I have to say that now I am claiming victory over incurable illnesses like bipolar, uh, major depression, ADD, fibromyalgia, irritable bowel syndrome, and Lyme disease. Um, you know, I felt for so long that I was at the whims of my body and it was really difficult. Um, and just in the last few years, I found like, feel like I found true freedom um, that I never had experienced before. From such a young age, it was very difficult for me to have a linear path to my day. Um, it was like, I couldn't focus. Um, when I look back, it's very much broken brain symptoms. Um, 
And I remember as a child thinking, why is everything so difficult for me? Like everything was so difficult. It was like starting my day with amnesia almost. It was um, so challenging. And, um, you know, times I was, you know, very unmotivated and apathetic. Uh, I was constantly hungry. There was one thing that I was just like always obsessing about food. Um, I, you know, used specifically cannabis for a really long time. Um, There's nothing wrong with that, but it was just maybe more of a crutch for me at the time. Um, But when I turned 21, I became very, very ill. And that's when I started having um, the fibromyalgia symptoms, the chronic fatigue issues. And I started reading books and I read a book called The Yeast Connection by, um, I forget his name right now, but it's called The Yeast Connection, old, old book. Uh, back that then, you know, there was no inter- internet. I mean, there was internet, but there wasn't all this information. You actually had to read books. So um, I started making the connection that the 20 to 30 rounds of antibiotics that I had taken as a child um, was significantly had impaired my microbiome. And at that time, about 20 years ago, we didn't have all the research that we have today on the microbiome and how important the microbiome is to our mental and emotional health, our mood health. Um, But I started on the journey of healing my gut at that time. Um, And that was, it was really, really impactful. I did a lot of work to heal the gut. Um, But I wanna back up a little bit because I want to attune everyone to what it what the microbiome is. So if we all um, if we also if we look in our the scriptures, we are taught that we are mere reflections of the cosmos. Right? What is within is without. So if we look within us, we see that we are made up of trillions, and I'm saying trillions. That's not an exaggeration. Trillions of microbial cells. We are literally made up of microorganisms and let's just call them bugs for fun. Um, And they outnumber our human cells 10 to one. So we're literally a walking Petri dish. (laughs) So, and these microorganisms include fungi. It includes, and in the fungi kingdom, we have yeast and we have mold. Um, And then we also have bacteria, parasites, uh, viruses. We have all kinds and we have to remind ourselves here that these bugs are highly beneficial. They create essential vitamins. They create beneficial metabolites. Uh, They are really also creating cell signaling molecules. So they literally, and this is really new research, turn on and off gene expression. So they can turn something on and off that's good or bad for us. They can turn on all kinds of different signals in the body and they are literally powerhouses and for these intermediates that are crucial for communication. So keeping these microbes happy and 100% healthy is really key. So I want everyone to close their eyes for a moment, okay? There's just a little, play this little game with me. So we close our eyes and we imagine that our body is a planet and there are trillions of microbes are the inhabitants of our planet. And these, are, these inhabitants are working harmoniously with you. They give you health and happiness. So really see your planet thriving. They're vibrant, they're joyous, and they're working in your best interest. Okay, you can open your eyes now, but imagine if we will, that these probiotics, the literal translation of probiotic means for life. Their sole purpose is to create these beneficial compounds and create life for you. So also most people are not aware of this, but when you're going through the birth canal, for those of us that were lucky enough to be born through the birth canal, we are becoming inoculated with bacteria, with all kinds of beneficial yeast and fungi and things that are setting up our immune system. So for those of us who were C-section babies or babies that were not breastfed, we did not get that initial inoculation to support our immune system. And what happens then is that those cell signaling molecules and that intelligence, this wisdom that's been here for trillions of years is no longer there. And that is where we begin the breakdown. So my story is that I, this, that I grew up at nine months old, 
I luckily was breast breastfed and I did go through the birth canal, but I started taking antibiotics at nine months old. And when, and through that time, I took antibiotics probably 20 to 30 times um, before I was 22 years old. So I had chronic upper respiratory infections for about 22 years. And over that time, I had four surgeries. I ate the standard American diet. I took energy pills, diet pills. Like I said, I had a dependency on cannabis. Um, I also had a, a major eating disorder. So my body was a mess. And at 22, I ended up with the, the diagnoses that I had mentioned before. And what I had realized is that I had let my microbiome become completely destroyed by the environment. It was destroyed by the antibiotics I used, the standard American diet, the stress I put my body under, um, the toxicity in my environment, the chemicals I was you know, having on and, and outside of my body. Um, so it was something that my body literally started breaking down. And when I learned that the microbiome was so important, I started focusing on that. And it's really, and that is where my whole journey began in health and wellness. I ended up working for, um, I'm a nutritional supplement expert because I worked for 13 years with two of its top nutritional supplement companies in the world. And I got to learn and speak with people and hear about everybody's common denominator. The common denominator is stress. The common denominator is antibiotics. The common denominator is toxicity. So here we are, it's setting up the stage for this candida. And I'm gonna talk about that fungus, that candida to overgrow. And what happens when candida overgrows, when you've taken too many antibiotics or you've become in a stressed state, it is this neural network and it starts coming into your nervous system. It starts feeding off of your neurotransmitters. It starts wanting you to have more sugar. Sugar addiction is a huge, huge sugar and caffeine and alcohol are a huge component of candida needing food. They're like, they feed off of it. So the longer that we go, the more this candida overgrows. And they also give off what are called biotoxic compounds. So those biotoxic compounds, they also interrupt cell signaling. They, they're starting to interrupt everything. So our body cannot communicate and do the job it's meant to do because we have this overgrowth of this pathogenic organism, which is called Candida albicans. Now Candida should be about, you know, very, should be in our microbiome, but it should never be allowed to proliferate. And when we've had just two rounds of antibiotics in our life, we can absolutely, uh, that can absolutely overgrow. And on top of this, one more thing that I would like to mention is that mold, um, mold is another hidden fungus that people can become, uh, start living in their body. So if you were exposed to mold in a moldy home, in a moldy office, even a moldy car, or in my case, I ate a fish that had, was called, um, a fish that was had a toxin called ciguatera poisoning. That was a mold toxin. Um, that made my situation even worse. <laughs> so those are ways that you can get mold and mold infections in the system. And then on top of that, they give off mycotoxins. And so here it is, is our body is, we call it infectious burden, uh, in toxic burden, infectious, um, infectious issues, right? So um, we have to remember that not only, you know, our physical body is so much of what's going on, especially the microbiome is called our second brain, but now science is calling it our first brain, which communicates to our, our brain, right? So we have to remember that this is so connected to everything. So when, after years of being sick and depressed in 2018, I had a severe case of food poisoning. I found out it was fish mold called ciguatera. Um, I became so sick, I had Bell's palsy. I had to go to the hospital. Um, and that was just on top of the yeast issue that I, this candida albicans issue that I had and that I had had for years. And then I was diagnosed with Lyme disease on top of that. So it was like, I had to be my own advocate. I had to understand this at a level or else I would have lost all of my hair. I had already lost about half a head of hair. I went into menopause. I had more problems than you could, and then chronically depressed. 
So I went on a journey of removing toxins from my body, especially from the gallbladder, the bile, the colon, the lymphatic system. Now what you do with all those pathways open, you can then go after the infections because if all the pathways are closed, when you go after the infections, you're not gonna feel very good. So you gotta open and detox first, then go after the infections, the chronic infections, and they're hidden because they're hidden behind biofilms. And biofilms are like this, force field uh, that the bugs live behind so that all those rounds of antibiotics that you took to kill off an infection or to kill something, it didn't, it's not gonna work because they live behind biofilms. So you have to remove the biofilms first. Um, I also started using ozone therapy, infrared saunas, dry brushing, coffee enemas, all kinds of detox techniques to remove the buildup of toxicity. And then the most important part, and during this time I was doing this as well, so there's kind of a, a way to do this, but um, it's really important to look at your trauma, the trauma that you've experienced in your life, even if it's a big T like a car accident or physical abuse or sexual abuse, or the little T's like bullying or things like to us, they're all big T's. So we have to address them. So I addressed my, my trauma with EMDR, did a lot of EMDR uh, with, a, with a qualified therapist. I also um, did limbic system retraining. I highly recommend people look into limbic system retraining, especially if you have chronic pain or you're a sensitive person. Um, you have to retrain the brain. You can clean up the entire body, but until I retrained my neural pathways to go down a different pathway, they were currently going down a pathway where I, the bugs had told them to go. The bugs had said, let me create this neurotransmitter so I can, she can eat more. Let me create this so she can have this experience and go have some alcohol because I live off of the sugar from the alcohol, right? So we have to retrain the brain. That's the most important part of this, not most, but equally as important as the detox and the removal. So retraining the brain. Also, I have to say I did do, this is my, um, my personal experience, but I did uh, do ayahuasca with a shaman in a, you know, a very safe ceremony. Um, I do not recommend doing it if you have psychosis or psychosis in your family, um, but I did do that to help retrain my brain along with other limbic system retraining. And I have yet, I have been depression free for four years. So um, what I do now in my life is I help people with chronic illness. It's my career. I, God, I told God when I was 24 years old, I said, if you help me do, get well, I never will stop telling people how to get well. I will do this for the rest of my life. And I am well, and I, it's a miracle. So um, please, you, know, you can go to my website. It's just my name, BrianneGates.com. And uh, you, know, you can sign up for a 15 minute discovery call if that interests you. Thank you and God bless. Thank you, Brienne. And I, I love what you said there in regards to addressing the trauma. Recently, I launched the Overcoming Heart Blocks, Inspiring Stories for Healing from Trauma book with Dr. James and several amazing authors from all over the world who actually shared their stories in regards to overcoming trauma. So if you're listening to this message today, I highly recommend checking it out. And again, thank you, Brienne. Thank you. Thank you, Brienne, for sharing your story. Our next speaker is Travis Johnson. Travis is a host, veteran podcast awards. I'm sorry, Travis Johnson host. He's a veteran podcast awards, coin carrier, nonprofitarchitect.org, host, nonprofit architect podcast. I'm sorry, Travis, I was trying to reach your bio. But ladies and gentlemen, please welcome our next speaker, Travis Johnson. Hey, thanks a lot, Dr. James. <laughs> I am the host of the Nonprofit Architect podcast, also have hosted the Veteran Podcast Awards, Miss Oklahoma Scholarship Competition, and a few other things. I This is one of my favorite talks to give, speaking about mental health. Uh, I'm the child of a mother with bipolar disorder. She has type 1 bipolar disorder, but she also has hallucinations, video and auditory, which is very rare for people in bipolar. That's more of a schizophrenia diagnosis. And although it's not diagnosed, I have identified seven personalities, uh, seven different personalities, which is, it makes for an interesting childhood. Let me tell you, uh, something that we left out of my bio so I could share with the story here specifically is my journey as, as a child included 36 moves, 12 schools, six States, five different foster homes, I survived two murder attempts, and then have a mother with bipolar disorder. 
the two murder attempts is usually the one that gets people all fired up. Both my mother and my sister have tried to kill me in the past. I have a relationship with one and not the other. One has taken steps to remain mentally well most days and is doing a heck of a job with her journey. Uh, she's recently authored a book. My mother has wrote her own book called My Sanity Quest. I'm going to share with you all some of the things that she does in order to stay mentally well most days and the things that have been most successful in her life and her career. Uh, I really am very thankful for Gigi for, for finding me on Clubhouse of all places to bring me into this. It, it's important to know that in, people with bipolar disorder are just people trying to get along in life, trying to do well, don't always have the tools, don't always have the support, don't always have the understanding of the people in their network. So we're going to talk about some of those things today. But me being a child of someone with bipolar disorder, I've gone on to do a great many things. And it's not, I'm not going to say these things to toot my own horn, but to let you know that if you have children and if you have bipolar disorder, it may not pass down to them and they can still be as successful as they want to be. I Coming up on 21 years of marriage with the same woman, I've got a grown kid that's already out and married, not a grandpa just yet. Uh, maybe, maybe the next couple of years we'll find out and, uh, just retired from 22 years, uh, as a Naval officer, hosting a successful show and have done nothing but uh, magical things with my life since moving out at 16, since making that decision. Some of the things my mom shares in her book to help everyone else deal with this, not only from the individual perspective, but also from the family and friends perspective. One, if you uh, have prescribed medication, you've got to take that. You've got to take it the same time every day in the in the prescribed manner as it's supposed to be. If you go messing with your own stuff, you're going to find that it's not exactly what you had hoped for. And please note that if you're trying a new medication, it takes at least six weeks to get into your system and have the desired effect. So if you're one weekend, unless it's a very adverse reaction, one weekend, you're not going to be changing your meds. You shouldn't be changing your meds. Uh, number two, sleep. Our body loves 90-minute sleep cycles. That's considered one full REM cycle. So 90 minutes, three hours, four and a half hours, six hours, seven and a half or nine hours are some of the best times to get actual sleep. I have my alarm set every day, uh, six hours and 15 minutes after I lay down to get really a full sleep cycle, a couple minutes to fall asleep, wake up healthy. The times that my mom was the most mentally well and most stable and, and the happiest is when she went to the bed at the same exact time every night and woke up at the same time in the morning. That allowed her to get her morning meds in order, to have a good quality REM cycles all night long and to wake up feeling refreshed. Her best time in her life was filled with number three, routine, making sure she was doing the same things at the same times every day regardless if it's, if it's the weekend or not. Um, in the military, you would call that battle rhythm. What are you doing every day at what times and why are you doing it? Generating your own routine and following that routine is key to helping you stay mentally well most days. Number four, it's been mentioned a couple of times, eating healthy. There's just something about fresh food on the outside of the grocery store. You've got the fresh vegetables and you've got the frozen section and then you're out. If you avoid those middle aisles, I'm sure Brianne would love to, uh, to chime in on that, that avoiding those middle aisles with all that extra stuff in all of your food uh, is really going to do some benefit to you. Uh, number five, exercise. Something as easy as two 23-minute walks a day can do amazing things for your mental stability, your elevated feeling. Uh, 23 minutes of exercise is proven to elevate your mood for 12 hours. How wonderful is that? Number six is advocate for yourself. There's no better advocate in the world than you for yourself. But in order to do that, you have to handle your trauma, make the choice to take control of your life and to live the life that you design. And three, believe in yourself that you can go out and do those things. Uh, number seven, you really have to have a healthy support system. You have to have the people in your life that are dedicated to making sure that you're doing the right things every day even though we don't always want to. Um, and that doesn't matter if you have bipolar disorder or not. I don't have it. I have problems making sure I get all my stuff done every day. Uh, that's, a, that's a something for everybody. Uh, number eight, you've got to be honest with your health providers. 
when they ask you questions like, how's it going? You're not, uh, you're not a middle school kid. Fine is not the answer. Whatever is going on, you have to be upfront, open and honest with that. If you're having a hard time, you've got to say, I'm having a hard time. If things are going well, say it's going well. Try to identify why it's going well so you can repeat those things. Uh, number nine, ask for help. If you need help, if things aren't going well and you don't speak up, it's going to be hard to get help. The earlier you speak up, the easier it is to get done because you're more pliable, you're more compliant, you're more active, you're more ready to get the help if you're the one that's saying it as opposed to someone forcing you to get help, uh, which is never fun. Ask for help if you need help. Make sure you're getting out and you're contributing to others, whether that's volunteering, maybe it's a part-time job. Uh, keeping yourself engaged with the community is huge to avoiding those feelings of loneliness, depression, feeling alone, all of those things, uh, being engaged with your community at whatever level. Uh, number 11, help with finances. The, of all the things on the list we've mentioned so far, the two biggest ones, the two biggest indicators that lead to suicide are sleep disturbance and problems with your finances. If your finances are not in order and you're not getting the sleep you need, just about anything else on this list doesn't matter. It's not going to be going well. Those two things have got to be handled upfront early and taken care of often. Uh, the last one on the list I want to mention is a plan of action. Why is this so important? In your plan of action, it could be binders, it could be a PDF. You're going to want to have your plan of action that includes potentially your medications that you're taking, your mental health care provider, your primary doctor. And you're going to want to have people in your network that have these things, like a best friend, could be a pastor, could be your doctor, could be your neighbor. And these people that are in your circle that you interact with on a regular basis are going to help you identify when you're having a hard time. Uh, I don't know about you all, but I have a hard time reading the warning label when I'm in the box, all right? Everyone else can read it, but I can't read the thing. Um, we all need help at some level at some time. I didn't make this shirt or create this background or build this conference, right? We all have to do things together. And when we try to go it alone, it just never works out. Get out there, share your stories, build that community of support around you, get that plan of action, and then make sure you're taking care of yourself both the mental, mental, spiritual, and the physical. And if you need help right now, 1-800-273-TALK is the number to the suicide hotline, making sure you get the help that you need. Thank you so much, Gigi. I appreciate you inviting me a guest here today. Thank you, Travis. And can you repeat that number one more time for the folks, for the audience? 1-800-273-TALK, talk, 273-TALK. Thank, Thank you, you, Travis. I love that being an advocate for yourself. I love that. And that plan. You got to write it down. Plan of action. Execute that. I love that. Thank you so much for being transparent and sharing your story. Thank you all for sharing your story. You guys are all just amazing. I want to give a shout out to the sponsors. We have one last speaker. Our sponsors. First one is Ragne Sinikis. She is the founder of World Women's Conference and Awards, Women Entrepreneurs TV, Changemakers and a public speaker, Michael D. Butler, CEO of Beyond Publishing, book publisher, global speaker, media coach, Daniel Gomez, keynote speaker, corporate trainer, executive coach, confidence architect, and author, Bunny Ake, she is the founder of Everyday Leaders, professional coaching and consulting, and she is also a certified John Maxwell team member, leadership coach, and myself, Dr. Lakeisha James, I'm the owner and founder of Designer Events by Lakeisha. So thank you to all of our sponsors. Without you, this would not be possible, and of course, Thank you to Regaline Sabat for always putting on an amazing event. She brings people together for the greater good. Our last speaker is Nicole Hawson. Housen. She is a social media virtual assistant and mental health advocate. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome our last speaker, Nicole Hausen. Awesome. Thanks so much for having me. Um, so I'm going to share a little bit of my story, um, but I'm going to start where I'm at now and then we're going to go back a little bit. So um, I am 29, just bought my first house, just moved in. It's so weird not living with my parents anymore. It's fantastic though. Um, and I was diagnosed with bipolar disorder eight years ago. So I grew up in a Christian home, uh, lived on a farm, um, super just think you're just stereotypical Christian home and there it is. Um, when, went to Bible college, like the whole thing. Um, and so I struggled with depression, and anxiety as a teenager quite a bit, and we didn't really know 
we weren't talking about mental health as much as we should have at that time. We didn't really understand it very much. Um, and so I wasn't getting the support that I necessarily needed and it wasn't anybody's fault necessarily. It just, we didn't really know how to articulate. And there was moments in my life where I remember thinking to myself, why am I this way? Like, why, why am I reacting this way? There was a time I looked in the mirror and I was like, okay, you have to stop. Like you were going to get yourself in trouble. And I just, I felt like I had no control over what I was doing. Um, and so looking back at that now, we can definitely see when I was manic um, and when I was having episodes. Um, so eventually in 2000 and 2013, end of 2013 to 2014, I had a massive manic episode. And so essentially what happened was I packed up my whole life without telling anybody and moved to the other side of the province with a guy, because that's exactly what you do when you're in Bible college. Um, so I moved away um, and started my um, started my journey. So at the time we thought it was very odd because it was not like me at all to do any of these sort of things. Um, and looking back now, we can definitely see that I was manic, but for me, it meant, um, I ended up breaking up with the guy, um, that I was dating. Um, I was doing things that I'm not proud of, like sleeping around and drinking a lot and, um, spending a lot of money that I didn't have. And I was doing all of these things. And I kept just hitting that point where I'm like, what is wrong with me? And why do I keep doing this? Um, and so I kept feeling like, okay, this is my fault. I need to get my life in order. So I fall into deep depression um, and would struggle with that. So I had this ongoing back and forth depression and manic episodes back and forth. Um, I ended up getting to a point where I was like, okay, something is definitely wrong um, and I need support and I need help. So I went to the hospital um, and asked for support. They gave me a, a crisis worker to talk to and they sent me home. So I'm not going to share the whole story because it's very, very upsetting and not how the mental health uh, industry should work all the time. But, um, essentially fast forward, I had two suicide attempts. And at the end of that, um, was sent home to live with my parents. Um, and so they were able to take care of me. So they kept, they kept watch over me for a couple of days and they brought me to the local hospital where they lived. Um, and I saw a doctor. So, we sat in her office and I told her my whole story and shared everything and um, backing up when I was in, I was living in Belleville, I was getting really bad migraines. So I would go into the hospital and they'd give me morphine for the migraines, couldn't figure out what was going on. I was on antidepressants, um, but nobody told me that you have to take your antidepressants every single day or they don't work. Nobody explained any of this stuff to me. So I just, I was I was in college and I was doing whatever I wanted. I was drinking and I didn't know that there was any problem with any of it. Um, so I'd done all these things. So after my second suicide attempt, we came home and I sat down in the office um, with the psychiatrist and she looked at me and I was just so ashamed of everything. And I couldn't make eye contact. I was staring at the ground and she got down right in front of me and she made eye contact with me. And she goes, this is not your fault. And I was like, so much like relief and um guilt washed away i still have the sticky note where i went home and i wrote this is not your fault and i stuck it to the corner of my computer i still have that sticky note because it, it reminds me all the time that um this is not my fault now how i react and how i uh respond to things um can definitely be my um uh, there's consequences that come with everything. There's consequences of my manic episode. And I own that hundred um, percent. I had to repair relationships after having a manic episode. There was times and things that I've had to walk away from just because I knew that um, it wasn't a good fit, but I was able to see that the, the bipolar part of it was not my fault. And then I could focus on instead of what is wrong with me, focusing on, okay, how can I get better? Um, it sort of really changed that um, situation for me. So I went from being this very moody slash having an attitude kind of teenager that we all thought I was um, to being a successful social media marketer, virtual assistant. Uh, and I run an agency with nine people now. Um, and it definitely like eight years ago, I was like, if I can get a job that I can do from home, um, that I just, I just need like a little tiny bit of work. So I have a purpose. Um, and that was, that was all I was really aspiring for. Um, I did get a, a client and I did have my little tiny job. It wasn't really little tiny, but their company was 
in the US and the UK. It was like a massive client right off the bat. So God was like, no, 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 we're not playing small here. Um, but I was able to really just jump in and started to see, okay, there is actual, um, there's actual ability here to be more than just that moody, attitude-y kind of person, which is not at all who I am um, at all. So it was really interesting to learn that. Um, so yeah, I could go into all the little, um, this is what you should and shouldn't do, but Travis did a really good job. Everything on that list, I would 100% agree with. It's everything I tell people. So I don't need to cover that because you guys already know. Um, <laughs> but um, thank you so much for having me and being, allowing me to share my story. Thank you, Nicole. Thank you, Nicole, for sharing your story. And this concludes our event. We will have closing remarks by our host, Gigi Sabat, and then closing prayer by myself. The floor is yours, Gigi. At this time, I want to say thank you all for being here with us today. And thank you to our speakers and our sponsors. I truly appreciate each and every one of you. Now, ladies and gentlemen, write this down. Yes, you can. Yes, you can. I'll say it again. Yes, you can. Yes, you can be successful. Yes, you can go to college. Yes, you can have a job. And the list goes on and on and on and on if you have bipolar disorder. And how do I know this? The folks in this room here today are walking, talking testimony. Also, look up John P. Wheeler III. John P. Wheeler III was a successful attorney. Also, Selena Gomez, she's very outspoken about her bipolar disorder. She's also successful. Ladies and gentlemen, if you have bipolar disorder, you can be successful. Don't ever let anyone tell you that you can't. I truly believe in each and every one of you. Never give up. If there is a goal or a dream that God has set out in your heart, he's put in your heart, you can achieve it. You can achieve all things with him. With him, all things are possible with God. Whomever you believe in, higher power, Buddha, Allah, all things are possible. Don't give up. Hold on to faith. Hold on to him. Keep the faith. Don't give up. Thank you. Thank you. Then we're going to proceed with closing prayer. <clears throat> Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for this day. We thank you, Father, for this day that you've made and we're sealing and rejoicing, Father. We thank you for each and every individual that was on this platform, Father. They had the strength to share their story because the story is not for them, for someone else. We thank you right now, Father, for moving on their behalf in the name of Jesus. We thank you for your will being done in their lives. And we ask you right now to touch each and every person, Father, and let your will be done in their lives in the name of Jesus. Whatever they stand in need of, Father, give it to them. We thank you right now, Father, for our host, Rajaline Sabat. We thank you for every person that's attached to all these speakers on this platform, Father. In the mighty name of Jesus, Father, we want to continue to put you first because, Father, you're our strength. Father, you're our provider. You're our protector, Father. And we're going to continue to stand on your word because your word is true, Father. We thank you, Father, for this platform. We thank you for the speakers. We thank you for your word. We give you all the glory, all the power, all the honor. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you all. God bless you and be safe.